You know, Virginia's governor, Glenn Youngkin, came out with a speech recently. He was talking about, during his State of the State address, how crime seems to be something that the Democrats do not want to find a way to solve. How prosecutors, backed up by people like George Soros and Pierre Omnidar and the Central Committee of the developmentally uh, estranged groups such as the uh, democratic socialists that some people call them demonic socialists of America or demonic Satanist association or DSA are actively engaged in one endless campaign of making sure that no one gets prosecuted for anything. Take for example here in New York City where now the New York Police Department after years of setting up a neighborhood watch program that allows people to look at crimes as they happen to see and help witnesses remember faces of people that may have been there and see if they actually saw the person or seen something happening in a crime that reminded them of something that happened elsewhere. Well, all that public records from government-owned, private, uh, non-private, these are government-owned, city-owned CCTV cameras, they're all being blocked, primarily because the mayor and the chief of police and most of the chiefs of the bureaus in the NYPD are tired of the suspects kind of looking like them or their kids. Yeah, most of the suspects are black and so are most of the officers appointed. And some people are wondering, just like they wondered when there was a mayor of Italian descent, uh, his name was Rudy Giuliani, and another one, of course, going further back was Hanbo LaGuardia. And, uh, you know, in both instances with LaGuardia and Giuliani, there were questions about the possibility that the mob would somehow gain influence because of their Italian background. Well, Giuliani, of course, was a prosecutor with the federal government who went after the mob, so that was highly unlikely. But the stigma of the garlic breath was something that stuck around with LaGuardia, the same way that the Bloods and the Crips and the most gang activity taking place in places like the Bronx and Brooklyn, places where Mayor Adams and uh, his chief of police are from, she actually lives in Westchester County in violation of city ordinances because let's say that the police commissioner of New York City should live in this city. Uh, they're basically not dealing with that anymore. So enter Glenn Yonkin of Virginia as we listen to his speech and what exactly he says about how the Democrats seem to not want to deal with crime. They don't want to prosecute it. They don't want to go after suspects. They want to let people have a revolving door where they can go in and out and come again. But sadly, crime continues. Just tonight, well, we could go up to Slow Place where someone was just shot a few hours ago here in New York City. Or we can run over and head up the road to places like the Bronx or here in Queens where crime is such a problem that many people just don't go outside at night anymore at certain hours of the day or unsafe for young and old or anyone for that matter. The gangs and the crime continue to increase and in fact it is really sad to say that some people are looking to criminals to protect themselves Business owners play music that is heard from groups such as cartels of Mexico in their stores to ward off criminal gangs who 
they think might fear the cartels. It is the reality of New York City these days that crime, it seems, is pain. And as Governor Youngkin talks about in this speech, his State of the State address, we see how the problem seems to be not just here in the city, but far beyond and all the way down to Virginia, Virginia, where indeed crime is rising too. Along with our teachers, there are other quiet heroes in our communities, our brave men and women in law enforcement who see the effects of our policy decisions on the front lines each day. Because of soft on crime policies from previous administrations, the record murder rate of 2020 persists across the Commonwealth. Virtually every law enforcement agency has 20% or greater staffing vacancies and the heartbreaking news flow continues every day. The extensive work of our violent crime task force working with city leaders in some of our toughest cities heard clearly. We need more police on the street, more prosecutors to put criminals behind bars, tougher penalties for those who commit crimes with guns, and more support for witnesses and community prevention. Operation Bold Blue Line focuses precisely on those areas, especially more police on the street, more of the quiet heroes who put on a bulletproof vest every day to go to work. We must recruit 2,000 more badges by focusing on high school programs, college programs, retiring military personnel, and attracting law enforcement officers from out of state. We've created and are supporting an expedited Option 5 out-of-state lateral program so great law enforcement officers can bring their skills and love of service to the Commonwealth. And I'm pleased today to welcome Marine veteran and Officer Juan Hernandez. Officer Hernandez, would you please stand? Officer Hernandez recently joined the Winchester Police Department from California. He took advantage of the Option 5 Training Academy, leaving California with his wife, Vanessa, and two children, Joseph and Melina. Thank you for choosing to make the Commonwealth your home, and thank you for bringing your service heart to all Virginians. I want to extend my thanks to all of the law enforcement heroes, troopers, sheriff deputies, police officers, every person behind a badge that keeps our families safe with great skill and courage. You are also on the front lines of the challenges facing our behavioral health system and our ongoing fight against fentanyl. Virginia, like the country, is experiencing a behavioral health 
crisis. And our behavioral health system is overwhelmed, grappling with a level of mental health and substance use issues never seen before, all too often resulting in violence, suicide, and murder. Last month, I stood at Henrico Doctors Hospital to announce a three-year plan to fundamentally transform our behavioral health system. The Right Help Right Now plan is comprehensive. And I ask this General Assembly to fully fund the $230 million bold first step of this plan. This funding rapidly accelerates the transformation towards a strong and stable behavioral health safety net. It's part of a bold approach that will substantially expand system capacity. Same-day care, relieving the burden on law enforcement, greater pre-crisis service capacity in schools, a focus on substance use disorder, a stronger behavioral health workforce, and service innovations. The plan includes $20 million to fully fund the necessary number of mobile crisis units across the Commonwealth so we can ensure that every Virginian gets the right help when they need it. We're also asking for $58 million to increase the number of crisis receiving centers. This includes fully funding the number of necessary centers in Southwest Virginia and Hampton Roads, regions that have been too often left behind and $20 million to contract with hospitals to increase psychiatric emergency services. And of course, to support this expanded capacity, we need to make our behavioral health workforce a priority. We are investing in ways that we can recruit, train, license, and retain behavioral health professionals like psychiatrists, psychiatric nurse practitioners, and the valued care and support professionals who work alongside them every day. On top of this, a key part of the Right Help Right Now plan is ensuring targeted support for Virginia's suffering with a substance use disorder. The painful truth is each of us in this room has a personal story or a moment in our lives where we are faced with a behavioral health challenge or crisis with a family member, a loved one, a friend, a neighbor. And that's certainly true for Suzanne and me. Suzanne and I have been blessed in many ways and blessed with many friends. Two of them are with us today, Tom and Delaine Mazik. The Mazics are a beautiful family. Three strong boys, three strong capable boys raised by loving parents. In September 2020, Tom and Delaine's doorbell rang. Three Fairfax County police officers were there to share unthinkable news. Their son, Grayson, was dead. Grayson was in his senior year of college, battling pneumonia from his dorm room. He took a pill to help him go to sleep. Grayson never woke up. The toxicology report was tragic, fentanyl poisoning. Since Grayson's death, his parents have dedicated their life to spreading hope, H-O-P-E. 
an acronym of action to encourage families and communities to have conversations, observe their children, prosecute dealers, and end the stigma around opioid abuse. I pray no one in this room ever feels the pain and grief that I've seen the Mazik family endure. But too many experience the same pain every day. Tom and Delane represent so many parents who have suffered powerful grief of losing a child. To all of my colleagues here, I'd ask you to please stand and show your support for the Mazik's incredible commitment to hope. That was a speech from Governor Glenn Youngkin. He's talking about the situation in Virginia and how, indeed, through his State of the State address, he is trying to deal with that problem. But it is a problem we also have to deal with here in New York City as crime, it seems, is starting to pay. And the Democrats are making it hard for prosecutors to prosecute and go after those who commit crimes. It is really sad to see this and hard to believe that any political party or organization would side with those accused of violating laws rather than the citizens who employed them and gave them a mandate to sit in office. Worse yet are the civil unservanty uh, people who are supposed to be serving us, but don't do so. They seem to want to think that government is what they serve and not the people, not the voters, not even themselves, but a nameless, faceless entity with no morals, no crimes, and nothing happening. All they want to think about is how to make things move along and keep government flowing and money created, even if it is coming from sources illegal, even if it is harming the people who they're supposed to serve. That's the latest for me from now, both from Virginia, New York, where I remain Mike of New York. And this is my podcast. Coming up with more every day. For you. For me. I'm Mike K. Cohen, a.k.a. Mike of New York. Enjoy the show. We'll be back with more.